All right, welcome to Faith Builders Church live stream. You know, this week has been an amazing week. Week after week, I'm never cease to be amazed to see how incredible God is. You know, this week I've heard so many people say, man, things are changing. And I say, no, they've already changed. Praise the Lord. You know, today is the day of salvation, which means whatever happened yesterday is dead, buried, and gone. And thank God for that. You know, we're making advancements like we've never made in the history of the church, in the history of our country. I know that there are very difficult times out there that many of you are facing, but I want to give you a message of hope to, today to encourage you to help you to understand the power of the blood of Jesus. You see, the thing I understand about the blood of Jesus is that there is life in that blood. Absolute life. I begin to think about how Jesus shed his blood. I mean to overcome the power and the influence of our sins over death itself. And I want to give you an inspiring message tonight and encourage you and let you know that there is life in this blood. I'm going to start with the Old Testament, and I'm going to read a scripture that's found in Leviticus, the 17th chapter, and we're going to read verses 8 through 12. It says, give them this command as well. If any native Israelite or foreigner living among you offers a burnt offering or a sacrifice, but does not bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle to offer it to the Lord, that person will be cut off from the community. It says, and if any native Israelite or foreigner living among you hear this by the Spirit of God, eats or drinks blood in any form, I will turn against that person and cut him off from the community of your people. It says, for the life of the body is in its blood. I have given you the blood on the altar to purify you, making you right with the Lord. It is the blood given in exchange for a life that makes purification possible. That is why I have said to the people of Israel, you must never eat, hear this, or drink blood, neither you nor the foreigners living among you. You see, in the Old Testament, they had to have the blood of animals to purify them of their sins. But I'm here to tell you tonight that the blood of Jesus is the blood that we actually should drink. I'm going to talk to you about not only is this the blood we should drink, but I'm telling you as the church begins to move outside of these four walls and it begins to empower you to do what you're here to do, that that same blood that I'm going to read about in this next uh, scripture here. This next 
scripture is going to really help you understand an old way of doing things, and it doesn't mean that it goes away. Listen, just because Jesus came, that does not give us the ability to take the law and just throw it to the side and live all these kinds of crazy lives. You know, grace is not to be abused. Grace, grace is there to say, you know what? Me, Pastor Paul, you, the viewer, I'm going to do everything that I can do. I mean, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. In fact, I'm going to do it as unto the Lord. And you know what? No matter how good I do what I do, if I don't have the grace of God through the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, my effort is in vain. I may do great exploits. I may do great things. But you know what? This guy right here, he depends on the grace of God, which only came, only came, but by the blood of Jesus. Now, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit here because I want to get us out of the Old Testament where it says, don't ever drink of the blood. And I want to, I want to read a scripture to you that literally caused the first New Testament church to split. The one that Jesus was championing. It says right here in John chapter 6, verse 56 through 69. Now hold on here. I mean, don't lose interest. I'm about to give you, I mean, something that is so supernatural that if you'll catch this by faith, you'll begin to understand things then aren't quite so different as they are right here, right now. But it says in John 6, 56 through 69, it says anyone, anyone, that, that includes you, anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I remain in him. Now, this is a radical message. This is a message that is not what the law expressed in Leviticus chapter 17. This is contrary to the way things were done. And it says, I live because of the living water who sent me. In the same way, anyone, anyone, who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. And this is Jesus talking. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna. But I will live, but will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Many of his disciples said, wait a second here. This is very hard to understand. Now, listen, how can anyone accept what you're saying, Jesus? I mean, don't you understand the law? You, you profess that you are the son of God. You, you profess that you are the Messiah, and you just told us that we should drink of your blood. You know what that means, Jesus. And Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? 
then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Hear this. Hear this by the Spirit of God. Human effort accomplishes nothing. Human effort accomplishes nothing. So all of the sacrifices that were happening, all of the animals that were slaughtered and the blood that was given and them following that law and them never drinking of that blood, Jesus is saying, human effort in what man can do for you accomplishes nothing. And it says, the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. And it says, then he said, that is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. Hear this. At this point, many of the disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve who remained, by the way. Only twelve remained. We don't know exactly how many disciples he had, but there was a church split right there. And Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. I'll tell you, so many times we can get caught up in the efforts that we can do. You know, I, I got to go to church and I got to read my Bible and I got to do my fasting and I got to do my praying and I got to do and I have to and my tithing and my giving and so on and so forth. And in some way, we think that that effort, in some way, is going to influence what God is going to do or what he's not going to do. Listen, there's no doubt in my mind that you should read your Bible. There's no doubt in my mind that you should attend services, whether they're here in this church or they're where you are in your home. There's no doubt in my mind that you should be praying, that you should be fasting, that you should be doing the works of the Lord. But you've got to remember, it's not your works. You see, the Bible says it's not our works, lest any person can boast. Now, you are the vessel of God's glory. But you've got to understand that you're going to have to drink of that blood. You are going to have to eat of his flesh. And what does that mean? It doesn't mean we're drinking blood and eating human flesh. What it means is, is that you begin to take and adopt Christ as not only your Savior, but your Lord over your life. Now, now get a hold of this. Get th this can change your life. Most people have made Jesus their Savior. And they believe, you know what, someday I'm going to die and I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to be saved. And praise God, there is nothing more true than that than you could ever imagine, but it could not have happened without the blood of Jesus Christ. 
But you see, there's something more than eternal life with God. You see, Jesus said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. Now, when I begin to think of Jesus, uh, I mean, he descended into hell after his death. He led captivity captive. He appeared before his disciples and he says, Hey, go wait in the upper room. Because when I return to my Father, I'm going to send the power of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to endue you with power. And so Jesus gets to heaven, and I'm telling you, his, prom his promises in, in tearing that veil in two, I mean, he, he ripped it in two. There's no more separation between man and God, and that's what allowed the power of the Holy Spirit to hit, I mean, that upper room, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm convinced that there's no sickness in heaven. I'm convinced that there's no poverty in heaven. I'm convinced that there is no lack whatsoever in heaven. So if, the, if, if there is no lack or sickness in heaven, and I've made Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus, I've made him my Savior. I said that prayer. I said, Lord Jesus, and you're going to have an incredible opportunity at the end of the service to say this prayer for yourself. But I tell you, I, I just, when I received Jesus as my, my, my Savior, and, and I said, Lord, Savior, I didn't quite understand what the Lordship was all about. You see, I said, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Holy Spirit, I give you my life. I make myself the temple of God. But you know what? In that prayer... And it's so simple. It's so simple. But it's so profound. I didn't realize exactly what I was signing up for. I, I, I didn't realize that with, with me saying this prayer, that God really heard my prayer and he like really entered my life and like he really came inside of me. And at that moment, I was drinking his blood. And I, I mean, I was eating of his flesh and I gave him permission to come in and live in my life. I, I just thought, you know, I feel like I should do that. I feel like, like this is something that should happen in my life. But I didn't fully understand the lordship part. I wanted to be saved. I didn't want to go to hell. I, 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 I didn't, I, I didn't want I didn't want my family to suffer that, you know, once I got married and all that kind of thing. I, I, wanted, I wanted salvation. But what I didn't realize is that I asked him to become the Lord of my life. Most profound thing I ever did. Had no idea what I was doing. But God did. God heard my prayer. It was simple. It was not profound but it was heartfelt. I really knew that I had to get my life right with God. I really knew that I had to make a change. I really had an understanding about how the blood of Jesus could cover my sins. I, I had an understanding about that. It didn't offend me. It, it didn't run me away. And you know what? The beauty of, of you watching this right now, I may not have ever met you and Church people, hallelujah, give me some likes and hearts and all that kind of stuff. You, you, all you church people, put some comments out there. But, but listen, I may not have ever met you. You may not have ever met me. 
But you could say a very simple prayer. Jesus, come into my life. I accept you right now. I give my life to you. Forgive me of all the things I've ever done that were wrong, both things that I knew about and things I didn't know about. You see, sin is not just the carousing and the sleeping around and all that. Get all that cleaned up. You, you can do that. You can do that. You can make those choices. You can make better choices. Maybe you've already given your life to Christ. Maybe you've already drank of this blood that I talk about. Maybe you've already eaten of this flesh that I'm talking about tonight, but maybe you backslid. Maybe you did something that, you know, you shouldn't have done. Well, guess what? You can use the blood of Jesus right where you stand right now today. You see, he, he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's always going to be there. He'll stick closer to them than a brother. All you got to do is receive him. And you know what? If you've sinned, if you've fallen short of the glory of God, you did something bad, said the wrong thing, did the wrong thing, ask Jesus to forgive you of that sin. Repent of that sin. Turn away from that sin. De-identify yourself with that sin. I promise you, God doesn't see any different. He sees you through the blood of Jesus. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are out there and you've run from God. You've run. I'm here to tell you right now, because you're watching right now, that you'll never, ever be able to escape Him if you've received Him as your Lord and Savior. But I want to take it a step further in closing. What I've discovered is when I made Jesus the Lord of my life, that not only did I submit to His will for my life, but His will comes with benefits. His will comes with, I came that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Jesus also said, I became poor in everything so you could become rich in everything. Jesus also said that he has overcome the influence of sin and death in your life. Jesus also took upon his body when, he was, when the blood was coming out. It says that those stripes that he took upon his body, you were healed. And so you've got to realize that the Lordship is, yes, submission to God, submission to his will, but it's also protection in your life. Some people are so afraid to, to confess the promises of God over their lives. Do you realize that God cannot lie? Do you realize that if he lied, then he wouldn't be a God worth serving? Anything you can find in the Word of God that addresses you in your life, that is, a pro that is a promise of God. And you can begin to claim that over your life. You know, so many people right now are doing common sense things. You know, they're washing their hands more now. They're, they're being more proactive, you know, with their health and so on and so forth. And all that's a good thing. But what I'd say to you is this. Do you believe that you have the protection of Jesus' blood? Have you drank of the blood that I talk about tonight? as it relates to the coronavirus, as it relates to poverty, as it relates to you know, loss of a job, as it relates to your marriage, as it relates to everything in your life. I'm going to tell on myself. About two weeks ago, when this whole coronavirus thing came out, about a week ago, I should say, I found myself doing things out of fear. 
washing my hands out of fear, you know, doing this out of fear, doing that out of fear. Don't do any of those things out of fear. You do them all by faith. And you know what? All you got to do is say, Jesus, in this area of my life, I make you the Lord of my life. You are my protector. You are my healer. You are everything that I need in this life and in the life to come. And I'm going to begin to choose to walk in the finished work of Jesus Christ by faith. And I'm telling you, the moment you can grab a hold of Jesus in that way, it's no longer you who lives but it's the Christ that lives inside of you. That lordship that he has, it's like you, you have a, a covering over your life. You are protected in every way, but you got to remain in faith. I want to encourage all of you, right after this message or even right now, I want to encourage you to drink of the blood in every area of your life because it has met all your needs in accordance with the riches and the glory found only in Jesus Christ. God bless you all. I thank you all for tuning in. Please like this. Please share this. Please get this out to other people. This is your opportunity to really be a minister of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. You could share this video. Somebody could put a comment on your feed and you could become the light that they need to receive the blood that I'm talking about tonight. God bless you all. And until next Wednesday, I'll see you later.